Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college half of our flagship podcast here at Campus DeCanton. As always, I am Austin, supposedly Colin's last episode away. We'll see if that ends up holding true or not. I, I, I'm still not convinced. I have a great show here for you guys today. I sat down and interviewed uh, J.D. Yonke, who is the head CFF guy over at Debbie Watch. Talked through some of his rankings. Um, both high-end guys, and then really we get into some deeper sleepers, which I think will be handy for folks either late in startups or late in supplemental drafts this year. That uh, could be some high scores, guys, with some real nice CFF upside. So that is what I have planned for you here today. Before we hop into that interview, I do just want to go through some of our housekeeping items. Of course, go check out campus2canton.com. Debbie Guide is out. Freshman Supplemental Guide is out. I think both of those will be helpful for people as they are drafting here this offseason. Hundreds of pages, pro, uh, player profiles, data, tons of other information. Go ahead, check those out. Certain members get those with their memberships over at C2C. If you need help accessing yours, please let us know. We are happy to help you take care of that. And then lastly, guys, the NIL tier members at Campus to Canton, whether you're a monthly member, whether you're a yearly member, does not matter. You get a one-on-one -on -one meeting with us, some of the folks at C2C. We sit down. You can send us some rosters ahead of time. Um, we can go through all of them. We can talk whatever kind of strategy or players or anything else you want to discuss. We don't even have to talk your rosters if you don't want to. We can talk about uh, pretty much uh, anything. So go ahead if you guys just want to get to know us a little bit better and talk with us for a little bit. We do have a sign-up. That is located in our Discord. So if you're not in the Discord, uh, hop in there. And the pinned message, I believe we only have one message pinned in that NIL chat. You can go ahead, sign up, ask for some of your information, and then we will contact you as we receive that application. But uh, without further ado, guys, here is my conversation with J.D. Yonke. Enjoy. All right, I am here with our very special guest here tonight, J.D. Yonke, first time on the show here, resident CFF expert over at Devi Watch. J.D., it's been, a, it's been a while. It's been almost a year. I saw you last year at the Expo, and then we haven't chatted too much since. Um, how's, how's this offseason been treating you with, uh, with all the different stuff going on? Um, there's a lot going on. There's been a lot. So we just welcomed our second child about a month ago, a little over I a month ago. I didn't know that. Congrats, man. Yeah. That's great. Boy or girl? Yeah. Um, it's a girl. So now we got one of each. We, uh, Congrats. That's awesome. Yeah. Very nice. Covered our bases. So it's been crazy. This offseason has been, uh, I don't know, I just feel a little unprepared. We'll see how I do on the show. But uh, yeah, just like content wise, it's it's been a grind, but it's been a great grind. So I'm sure. I'm sure. Man, well, that's, that's great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, good for you. Yeah. I'm great to like bury the lead. I asked you, you know, a few days ago if you wanted to come on. No word on this whatsoever. Very, <laughs> you're a very secretive guy, Mr. Yankee. Yeah, you got to keep something in my pocket, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, the, the real reason I had you on here, you released uh, some very extensive CFF rankings over at Debbie Watch. Um, I want to ask you a lot about them. I really, you know, we're going to talk about some of the bigger names here to start, but I also want to ask you, uh, we've been talking about kind of supplemental drafts for, for, for Campus to Camp, but also CFF Dynasty League. So I think... We really want to hear about some of these sleepers or, or deeper guys that you think kind of have some upside to 
uh, to be really interesting that are available out there uh, in a lot of leagues. But let, let's start with some of these top-ranked guys, and I think there's no better place than to start with Drake May, who is one of the top fantasy quarterbacks last year there at North Carolina. You have him within your top five quarterbacks, but it's really cool. You release your rankings, and at least to start, you also release like a companion article with them, and you kind of highlight uh, some different guys in each tier and, and say, you know, this is this is good, this is concerning. And you mentioned some concerns with May there. Uh, what What is it about that situation that has you slightly hesitant on him, even with him still in your top five? Yeah, so from like a pure CFF lens, I mean, there's – like every concern I look for, there's a new, there's a new OC. Um, you have one year of, you know, one track record. And while it was a great year, it obviously the last quarter was totally different than the rest when you play good defenses. So new offensive coordinator, uh, you lose two wide receivers, both in the NFL. Um, I think green was in a UDFA, right. But still two NFL wide receivers and everyone seems to be a fan of the new guys they brought in. Um, and then we got new guys that run in at wide receiver. And I think I am as well, but like, I mean, it's hard to have any sort of considered an upgrade at offensive coordinator. I'm not super anti Lindsay like some people just because of his Troy years. He had some good OC years before that, but um, it's a concern. Whereas Longo, you don't really have a concern. Longo is good for quarterbacks, point blank for fantasy. Um, so there's a lot. And then you look at the schedule. Um, I think I pulled it up. They play um, Minnesota. Uh, is it West Virginia? I have it written down. I'll pull it up. But they play three, um, you know, three decent schools, three power fives in the non con. And then they, they seem to get pretty much every good ACC defense other than Florida state. They have five of the top seven ACC defenses. And when you struggled against the only good defenses you faced last year, that's a little bit of a concern for me. So I still have him in my top five. Cause I mean, it, it's kind of obvious he's a stud, right. And he can run. So he still has that floor, but I mean, this year, the top six quarterbacks, like I don't really have a problem with any of these guys. So I think hitting on the concerns um, for CFF, it's like, if you have a concern, maybe you just don't take him in the first round. Maybe you wait and see lap him up in a second if he comes to you. So that's kind of where I'm at on May. I'm kind of just splitting the difference. I don't want to be too heavy on him when I have those concerns. Um, I don't really want to downplay those. So I do like pointing out the concerns because it's so easy to just talk every player up and you have 130 some teams to choose from. So, so yeah. that, that's a really good point. Yeah. The, 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 if the, the, the options flow pretty deep here, uh, even a quarterback, which is, you know, uh, definitely unlike the, the NFL uh, fantasy side of things. Uh, another top guy, at least, uh, from last year, Blake Corum running back over at Michigan. Uh, you have him RB4 in your rankings. I don't want to give away all your rankings, but I, I think we can give away, you know, a couple guys here and there. As you many have as we at, want to. Yeah. You have him at four. Or actually, you have him at three. I thought you had him at four, so I can't read. You have him at three, apparently. I moved him up a spot. Ah, so you just, you just to mess with you. on me. You dog. <laughs> um, snap competition. Probably with Donovan Edwards coming off I, I, the knee, I, I I don't think it's a concern. At least I'm not worried about it. it. Doesn't sound like it was anything too major. But you think he can finish that high even with Edwards in that backfield with him? Yeah, the thing with Corum, like, will he finish top three? I can't confidently say that. Will he finish like top ten, top fifteen? I feel like pretty darn confident with him. So. Uh, th those are the two concerns. Um, the knee, I mean, everyone said he's going to be 100%. I don't really, you know, have a big worry. And then the competition's an interesting one. So I went through and pulled it up. So he averaged, uh, once Big Ten play began, he started a little slow because, remember, they played like Hawaii and those terrible teams in the non-con. Yeah, um, playing like a quarter. Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. So I started once Big Ten play began. I mean, 
last year, like Donovan Edwards was one of the biggest busts in industry drafts. Like there was like flat out, he was a bust. He was being drafted like ahead of Corum in a lot of drafts and Corum averaged 24 uh, carries per game once the schedule started. And Edwards just wasn't utilized like that. Um, but I will say the thing that did catch me off guard is because they're both two pretty good catch uh, pass catching backs, but they just totally use Edwards in the passing game. Corum only had uh, 11 receptions, only 80 yards. So that is the concern for me. I think where I'm looking um, but at the end of the day, I feel like, I mean, he's going to have the same role. Like, he's just a better chain mover. We know they like using him in that role. It's the same offense. Like, I think he's going to do pretty much what he did last year. I feel very confident saying that. And that's just very safe for me. Michigan's going to be ahead in game scripts. He, he's going to get the carries. He's going to get the yards. He's going to get the touchdowns. Um, and so uh, he may not get the receptions. I think the um, maybe the ceiling isn't quite there. But, like, even for a guy who can't who may not catch a lot of passes and that Michigan offense, if they're really scoring again, like the ceiling could be 20 touchdowns. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm high on core. I'm like, I saw him slipping in some drafts. He was slipping last year. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to take him in the second round there. I, I like that you, you mentioned there that he, you know, maybe he doesn't finish RB three, but you're very confident that he finishes pretty highly. Is there a guy that you kind of have at the top of your running backs that is kind of upside ish, but there's a, a decent, um, you know, case to, to make that maybe it's risky to have them up pretty high yeah I think uh I mean everyone's high on him but Rasheen Ali like his upside is insane playing against group of five competition amazing pass catcher he gets the touchdowns Layborn's not there for competition like we've seen his upside I, th- I think like if I had to guess who finishes RB1 I, w- I would guess Ali I mean there's a concern he didn't play last year. That's concerning. I, is he going to play all? But um, other than that, like I don't, I don't really see a concern for Ali. So I think he he, he checks every box when you're looking at at upside and floor. So Ali's a guy I would shoot for. Um, let me give you another name. Let me see here. Um, I mean Braylon Allen. Everyone's high on Braylon Allen. I guess I'm not like super high. Just doesn't not really pass catcher. A little. I don't know. He's all over the place. I could see a lot of range of outcomes. But if he puts it all together. You know, that could be a 20 touchdown guy with Longo and 1500 yards, but I don't think the pass catching is there. Um, so I guess, I mean, those are kind of the guys I'm looking at really. Um, Nick Singleton, I mean, it would take Katrin going down, Jackson at Utah. I don't really think so. Um, I guess a Trey Benson at Florida State, but going through the history, I didn't really see the um, I didn't see the volume to finish like RB1. I think he's kind of similar to how I'm viewing Corum. Um, so yeah, not really. I, I think there's that solid group with running backs this year. I'm just really comfortable in a lot of these guys. Um, So yeah, it it depends on what you're drafting for me. I I, kind of take the more of the quorum route. Like if I'm really confident a guy's going to finish top 15, top 20, like that's hard to be confident in. So I'm more so shoot for those guys. So if you're sitting, you know, uh, in a range where you have Ali and quorum sitting there when, or, you know, quorum and I don't know, maybe like a a riskier guy. I mean, you'll, you'll just take quorum out of the pair, uh, you know, even if they're ranked essentially the same for you is that kind of your your general approach usually it, it depends who i'm drafting against too like i do a lot of the industry drafts and it's yeah. like i know those guys like they take shots and it's like for me like i'm just 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 give me the darn player like just give me a guy that's going to finish near the top so I, I take a pretty lame approach i mean i think there's a lot of like you want to go out there and be takey like I, I don't really go for takes it's like i don't know i just think the guy i think the player's going to finish high i'm going to take him you know Speaking of guys that you're kind of high on, um, you have Marshawn Lloyd, uh, I believe, right outside your top 20 at running back for this year. He's headed over to USC from the other USC. Um, I mean, there's there's obviously injury risk here, but you're you're a pretty big believer there with him and, and Lincoln Riley and co. 
Yeah, I've even, it's only what, end of May. I've already kind of flip-flopped on Lloyd a few times. I had him like pretty, I had him somewhere in like the mid thirties the first time I did the list. And the more I look at it, I'm like USC, one of the only offenses in the country we can comfortably say is going to average 40 points per game or close to it. Right. And I mean, I feel pretty confident Lloyd's the RB one there. Like Austin Jones is a guy. He's, he's just a guy. And that can be enough to be pretty darn um, productive in, in, in USC. But like Marshawn, Marshawn Lloyd's more than just a guy, you know, I'm not when you're valuing NFL prospect prospects, maybe not, but for a college player, like he definitely improved last year when he's healthy. Um, he's more than just a guy. And anybody who's like that in USC's offense um, could really score um, a lot. So I think he has a really high floor and he can do it all, but they're going to kind of divvy up carries. It's always going to be strange. Um, like you can't really feel confident for 20 plus carries per game, but I mean, let's be real a team scoring that many points. You don't need 20 carries uh, per game. So the injury risk is the big one for me. Other than that, like, I just don't think it's risky. Like usually you're risky for a guy sharing carries. Right. Um, but if you're scoring that many points, it's not a risk. Like people are draft, like the people draft the Michigan running backs, both highly uh, draft the Ohio state running backs, both highly. And then I'm sitting there looking at USC. Like, why are we not treating them the same? And for some of these guys, you just kind of got to draft and, and just hope that, you know, assuming injury does not happen. I mean, you know, if you, you can't, uh, can't, can't assume it. It uh, makes things a little more difficult for you. The most surprising, this is going to sound odd when I say this, uh, the most surprising top guy that you had ranked, in my opinion, is Marvin Harrison Jr. as your number one wide receiver. That actually really surprised me. Really just because they have so much wide receiver talent there, or at least, you know, a, a like, I don't even want to call it Buka Robin to, to his Batman. Like, he's 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 better than that. Um, offense also struggled a little bit in the spring game, new quarterback. But you, you still have Marvin Harrison Jr. as your number one guy. And I guess this could be another case like Corum where you're just, like, so sure that he's top 12 that it, it doesn't matter if he maybe isn't, like, the number one guy at the end of the year. That's pretty much the thing with him, like, Will he finish wide receiver one? Again, I don't know, but like top five, top 10, like pretty confident, like you said, top 12. Um, there's been sticking in the back of my mind. Someone's been talking about it, right? Like they've been talking about him for the NFL, like so highly, like more highly than they do almost any prospects. Like he's already kind of got that wider, like, you know, that top one of those top wide receivers, if not the top one, like kind of locked up. Um, you know, if something does happen, if the offense does struggle, if it is going to make him look bad, like that's just hanging in the back of my head. So I don't know if it's warranted or not, but I, I have actually been reluctant to kind of pull the trigger on him, um, upper in drafts. And so, yeah, I, I have a number one, just from a floor thing. Um, I mean, it's hard to not say he doesn't have a ceiling regardless if McCord is a big step back from Stroud, which I think is a step back, but we'll see if it's a big one. Right. So. Um, but yeah, and there's a lot of talk that they're going to run the ball the more that more this year. And then if you do have Igbuka there, so I could see it. I, I hear the concerns. I just I just think the floor. When you're that good in college, I mean, if you're if you're playing, you're you're scoring. And you have a book of four, so you I mean you obviously expect you know at least some sort of maybe even consolidated target share really between those two guys because it is fair. I mean they, they've got a lot of other names there, but no one that's that's necessarily stepped up yet to uh, to to be that third uh, mouth to feed. Yeah. And that could be annoying. Like it, it is a strategy thing too. Like, so I'm doing mostly best balls. That's mostly what's happening this early in the season, unless you're doing the supplemental. Right. Um, and for best balls, like one of those guys is going to pop off every week. Like they're just scoring so many points, but it can be annoying in season long. Like even there's weeks like Buka has like 11. It's like, what's happening here? Well, the other guy scored two touchdowns a piece, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I hear it. Yeah. Um, 
speaking of duos that you have ranked highly, you actually have both of the Washington receivers in your top seven. You have a Dunze at five, McMillan at seven. Um, just all in on Washington this year, or at least, you know, again, consolidated target share maybe between those two guys. Yeah, is that the offense is going to score so many points, uh, barring health, and we know where it's going to be funneled to. So, yeah, you just in my head, when you can see the points, like so much of fantasy is forecasting. It's me when it's like, there's no forecasting. Offense, if healthy, is going to score a shitload of points. Uh, defensive, deficient, Pac-12. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm with them. I was actually, like Washington last year, like there were the receivers, like in the best balls we were doing all summer. Um, I was just taking them. No one wanted these guys. So I was like really high on them. So I'm hoping it's not like a take clock thing. Others kind of seem high on them this year. But last year, I mean, it was like whenever you wanted a Dunze taken, McMillan, whenever you want him taken. I mean, do we understand Kalen DeBoer's on the West? You know, he's still on the West Coast. He's up in Pacific Northwest. So by now, everyone knows it. It's obvious. They won a ton of games, play Texas and the Alamo Bowl, right? So um, by, by now, everyone knows. Penix went off. Um, and there's a thing there in the back of your head, too. Like when you mention health, like Penix is one of those guys you legitimately have concerns with health. Like he's legitimately a concern for me. So that's the thing with them. Like last year, if you're getting values in drafts, I mean, there's so many good players. Like basically, I'm just sitting there looking for value. Like if Quorum shouldn't have been the fifth round pick last year, you'd snap him up in the fifth or fourth, right? If you think he's a fourth, grab him. It, it's so hard to find value. Um, there's so much information out there now. So for me, it's like the value is there. I have him ranked there because I do think they'll finish highly health barring. You can see it, but. Um, but yeah, I'm not going out of my way to, to draft them. Like there's, there's so many top receivers that you can make a case for. So are so, you yeah, taking, I, are you taking them? There are other receivers late like Polk or Bernard, or it's just, like, just say if something were to happen to a, to a Dunze or McMillan or, or no, you're, you're not really taking that approach at the moment. If something happens, I think they could go off. I mean, Bernard's getting talked up a ton and he, that's two straight years for him. He's looked really he, good. He is hashtag my guy, Bernard. I, I am a big Bernard fan. Yeah. But I, I know Polk, Polk produced last year too in, in, in spots. So I think Polk's like the rotational and stick him in as a three and he'll pop off a few games. But to me, even like one of those guys go down, you know, Polk's not a bankable 20 point per game guy. Whereas Bernard, I think they'd be comfortable slotting in there. So of, of the two, I could see just pulling a chance on Bernard. If one of those other guys goes down, he could, he could have like tremendous upside in my opinion. That is good to know. You said that those guys were kind of your your values. You couldn't figure out why people weren't excited about them last year. Do you have a guy like that for this year? Or guys? No, people, I wish people seem on it. I'll, I'll, I'll hunt through. I have a few. We'll talk. We'll talk a little bit more about. But sure. but there's a few. We could get into Michael Wiley if you want. I, I, I'm I'm really interested to hear your Michael Wiley take. He's a guy. So I I just broke down you know a category here. Some deep names that are probably available in supplemental drafts. Um, I see Wiley available a lot. And I, I'm you have him as your RB twenty seven was what I uh, what I saw. I know you you've made a couple mm-hmm. tweaks here, but I'm assuming he's still in that range. I mean, that's definitely the highest I've seen him ranked. What do you like about Wiley that you think uh, makes him, you know, a borderline RB two uh, or RB three kind of guy? Yeah, so Josh, uh, CFF guys, he actually originally pointed him out like early in the summer. Um, but he was like, what do you think about Mike Wiley? I'm like, I don't know, Mike Wiley, he's fine. You know, he was decent last year. Um, and then just the more I look at it, like there's just everything is positive with this guy. So first off, you look at his, his PFF metrics, and I know you always take those with a grain of salt, right, as you always should. But the first thing is like his PF met, PFF metrics are absolutely insane. He's the third highest uh, returning grade of any running back in the country. Um, he's the leader in yards um, after contact per attempt. He had a, 
almost four and a quarter, 4.66 yards after contact per attempt. That's really good. I know the offensive line was pretty bad, but um, their left tackle, I believe his name's Morgan. He's supposed to be like a first round NFL draft pick. He's surprising in return because he was injured. So I could see the offensive line getting better. The beat writers seem to think it is. And if he's getting that many yards after contact, like if they get a little more push and this is a team Arizona, like all offense, no defense, you know, if it, that you're, just, you're just getting into shootouts. So I could see the upside being better if any of those things fall into line. Um, and the thing I love, like, I feel like a lot of people when I'm listening to their takes, it's a lot in CFF. It's like, well, volume, volume, volume for running back. And he doesn't get a lot of rushing volume. But what people, you know, kind of fail is that you don't get points per carry. You get points per reception. So I feel like a lot of people kind of lose that. Like, if you're playing NFL fantasy, I don't play a ton. But I play enough DFS to know, like, the pass catching running backs. I mean, Austin Eckler, like, freaking James White was, like, fantasy viable. And all the, you're right, like, James White. So I play enough to know that, like Ramondre Stevenson last year. And just CFF, it's not really talked about. And uh, Wiley's like a super good wide receiver. Um, he caught 36 of his 45 targets last year. He has almost six, he has 646 um, receiving yards over the last two years, seven receptions, like a viable threat. They're talking about using him in the wide receiver in the slot even. And they have some good receivers, but using him more as a receiver, like actively talking up his receiving game um, as, as like a point of emphasis to get him the ball. So I know this time, like you see a lot of cross training, usually, you know, guys throw that out there. They're going to catch more passes and then it's like, OK, well, they're going to get five more. But with Wiley, I already get 36 and they're you know, making an emphasis to get him more. I just think the floor is there and like I could kind of see the ceiling right if those things fall into places. So. I guess my one concern, because I, I always have to throw out a concern, they do have a pretty good running back room, right? Uh, like Jonah Coleman, I was a fan of those recruits. Speed I was going to ask you. Yeah, so if Coleman, I, Luke, I think like know, the touchdowns could bit. be capped. Yeah. But if he's going to score like four or five touchdowns receiving, another five, six on the ground, I don't know. So that's just a guy. I'm like, I just I just see it all with him. So I, I bumped him up some cues significantly uh, after I, I looked and saw where you have him. And it actually looks like you have him 25 now. So he's even... Uh, actually bumped up a few spots there for you. Um, uh, another running back that you had ranked, um, you know, fa- fairly highly, or at least I, I, it caught my eye with where he was, is Jalen White, who's at Georgia Southern. He's not a guy that I've been thinking about that much if I'm sitting on a clock somewhere and, and he's available. You know, I'm more I'm more likely to go after a, uh, a LeQuint Allen or uh, Jermaine Brown at UAB or even... Um, um, maybe even take a shot on like Eldridge or whatever at, at Air Force there. But what you you seem to like White though? What, what is it about him that that you have him uh, ranked? You know, in the thirties. White's a guy in those range. There's a few um, CFF guys out there just like really into on White. So I originally thought I was too low, um, and I took a second look at White, and he's a pretty good player. Um, it's basically about just Georgia Southern this year. Um, they're just going to score a lot of points. They're going to be all offense, right? Their defense really struggled uh, last year. Nothing really stood out to you. 900 rushing yards, but he did get 10 rushing touchdowns. So he's the goal line back 22 receptions and the competition I think should, um, should be worse. Gerald green transferred out. And like, I know no, who cares about Gerald green, but he was one of my favorite like pets. Like you'd watch him and he's on a screen. You're like, Oh my God, it's Gerald green. Like he just always popped to me. I thought that kid was legitimately good and white playing above him. Um, it's less competition. Team's going to score a lot of points catches passes so it's kind of one of those guys like you won't really think about and then you're setting your cff lineup and you're like just throw them in there throw them in the util so i did like one i've done like one or two c c2c supplementals and um this year he was one guy i targeted just like immediate boost to your cff side nothing probably crazy but just like immediate 
every week starter or close to it. Um, heading over to wide receiver here, uh, UTSA, they bring back Frank Harris, no more Zachary Franklin. We think, I mean, he hasn't found a landing spot to my knowledge yet. So, you know, maybe he goes back if the grass isn't greener. I don't really know what he's going to do, but they do still have a couple other guys there. I mean, they had almost, almost had three receivers hit a thousand yards last year. I think they, they, they've kind of finished just short, uh, with some injuries at the end of the year. Uh, how do you feel about those guys this year with, with Frank Harris and what his 12th? here 13 it's, it's been a while it's been a long time with frank i remember last year in drafts being like wait a second let's take a second you know closer look this guy's been playing forever and he's a dual I, threat i thought it was his last year i could have sworn i did not realize he had an extra year yeah um the only chatter i've heard on franklin is like oh maybe he will come back like it's been kind of weird there hasn't been a lot of buzz so so we'll see. It's it's a strange time period. Who knows how, how long we're going to be kept in limbo. But if he leaves, I mean, UTSA, they're just going to score points. They keep losing their offensive coordinator. But if you have Frank Harris um, and you have what they have, you have Barnes, like I, we feel pretty confident, right? They're going to score. They're going to score some points. So, yeah, I, I think the wide receivers, like if you're in a league where, where people know what they're doing, um, like the wide receivers are going to get a huge bump. And basically I think they should get a huge bump. I think Franklin, like I've just always thought Franklin is like, for sure, the best wide receiver in that group. Uh, Cephas, Joshua Cephas, he's going to have a safe floor. He's going to get bumped up. He's going to have a big year. I don't really see that ceiling with him, right? So the guy who's interesting is DeCorian Clark. Uh, I know, like, PFF loved him for a while. He's a pretty explosive athlete. Like, his ceiling could be really high. Um, I just, I'm not sure health-wise, right? Because he had the season-ending injury. I couldn't really find anything definitive on. I think Nate Marquis back found something the other day that said it was an ACL. Like he finally yeah. found confirmation on it. So, there's not a lot we, out there. Yeah, there's not. And that leads me to think I'm probably not going to get that confirmation. So it's like, am I going to sit here jamming the draft button on him all summer and then be like, actually, he's only going to be 75% start the year. So if, if, if I knew health wise, I would jam him like super high up the rankings, probably, probably higher than Cephas. So that's why I think I have Cephas at 14 and uh, Clark at 29. It's just the whole thing with me. Um, is there another guy on that roster that if Franklin doesn't return and Clark isn't you know, 100% that could maybe step up that you heard about at all? Only thing I've heard, uh, and I'm, I don't even know his name, um, the Kelly, uh, I butchered his name, uh, a guy who's athletic. He's like 6'4", yeah, because I've looked him up before, and I remember they, they talked him up as super athletic. Um, but last year, like, he just did not have a good year. And I remember listening to one of the beat writers say, like, it's just off-field stuff with him. They're like, could he step up and do something better? And I said, like, well off field stuff so it made it seem like it's kind of still um so that one i'll get back to you that one requires more research but i'm gonna blame the newborn on that one all right that 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 can just be your go-to for months now man yeah that's uh that's easy enough um one other guy i just wanted to ask you about uh ashton hawkins you have him as your wide receiver 26 was pretty productive last year in what was kind of a revolving you know whatever door of an offense they do get malik hornsby in there I'm just very concerned that Malik Hornsby is the worst. He is he is the worst throwing quarterback in all in all of FBS next year, right? Like I feel pretty comfortable saying that. Like, is there concern that he can't even get one guy to like moderately interesting levels for fantasy purposes? That's the concern with me too. Um, Brandon Lewis, if he wins the job at Nevada, I, I don't really think mm. he will. But if he wins the job, he might be the worst throwing, but it's close, right? And you know he's going to take off 25 times a game. Yeah, because yeah. that's why he's there yeah. so that's a legit concern for me so i was originally lower on hawkins and then the more i looked at it it's like 
he's frustrating because the guy came out of nowhere last year. And I'm like, why is this guy scoring 20 fantasy points per game? I don't know who he is. So then you go back and look at it at the end of the year. He played seven games and he was pretty damn good. He averaged seven catches, 73 yards and a touchdown was averaging a touchdown per game. Right. And these were against some good, um, some good teams, like the toughest defenses they played uh, teams like Baylor app state, Southern Miss. That may not sound like much for that competition and Baylor. Uh, he had over a hundred yards and a touchdown in each of those games. So I think the dude can just straight up ball. And I think the offense with Kenny, like it's clearly they're going to score points and while Hornsby, yes, I have legitimate concerns um, like if TJ Finley is a better thrower than you behind you, um, that's that's probably a concern. But I just think they're going to score a lot of points. And like Hawkins is so far to me the clear wide receiver one on a team that's going to score a lot of points. So I think the Duke can ball. And he was really productive at Juco too when I went back and looked at it. Um, so, it, but he just doesn't have a big sample size. I think even in Juco, he had like the COVID shortened year in the last year, seven games. So it's super important for me. So that's where one, I was like, I, I could see maybe there's value. Like if there's a larger sample size, of course he would be viewed as a safer, safer target. So, but I do definitely hear those concerns. How do you feel about Hornsby there? I know, you know, Finley kind of came in late in the portal process. So it, it, some people were panicking a little bit, but you think this is Hornsby's job unless he just really screws it up. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I, I have concerns about his throwing. Like when Finley transferred there, I mean, you go out and get a P5 transfer who started games like we saw Finley start games and it wasn't pretty at two schools but like it wasn't the worst like Hornsby when he started throwing like was like you said the worst so um I do that is a concern yeah yeah would you be stashing Finley maybe in some in some deeper leagues with you know being in that 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 Kenny offense that everybody seems to like so much he could stashing stuff right stuff like especially in C2C if if you're stashing like it's probably for the upside so Maybe, but I just I don't feel confident. Like it could be a thing where one plays a few games, the other plays a few games. Um, but but going back to Hornsby, I remember like I highlighted him like early in the offseason. I think I even sent out a tweet. I don't tweet much anymore. And I felt it important enough to set out a tweet like Kenny's going there. Kenny's had he's had the similar quarterbacks that are gonna succeed, and they were just gushing about him. And I was like, dude, Hornsby's fast. I've seen that kid play in person. And like that kid is fast. He was faster than all of Texas's roster. So I was like, it's just a clear CFF. So I was like, maybe I'll get him in like the 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th round. It'll be a high upside pick. Um, but these industry drafts I'm doing, he's going like the third, fourth, fifth round. So I haven't taken him once there. I, I see the upside could be higher than anyone. But I mean, I don't know. I also have a hard time seeing him throw the, throwing the ball for 450 yards a game. So. So yeah. I, I guess I'm I'm selling the hype a little bit. When I originally started the hype, it's a strange position to be in, but it's all about cost. You did it to yourself. You played yourself. Mm-hmm. Just you know, the, the benefits of of putting your rankings out there and letting everybody else chew on them, and then having to go draft against them. Yeah, and I have them high up there. Like I have them what 14th. I, I see 13, but yeah, 13. I mean, so yeah, yeah. You have him and Johnny's Plumley pretty much right beside each other. And I would probably be more comfortable taking Plumley, to be honest. Even though Plumley, you have a couple spots behind him. We've seen him. Exactly. Seen him. Yeah. 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 Um. All right. So uh, here's. I'm really interested to hear your takes on some of these guys. I, I put a name or two on here that surprised me a little bit with where you had them, and then you added a bunch more. Some of my favorites, uh, by the way. Uh, you put Scadabo and Lampson on here, and those are those are two guys I'm very fond of. I want to hear um, your take on those then. But I, I do want to hear first, you have an old Dominion wide receiver, Javon Harvey, as your wide receiver 32. And my jaw, well, first off, I have no idea who Javon Harvey is. So 
Um, but just to have an ODU guy ranked that highly, you went into you explained that a little bit in the the companion piece that you wrote for wide receivers. I get where you're coming from to explain to us why you have this guy in this offense where they lost everything and our resident o- OU fan on staff is or ODU thinks they're going to win like one game. I mean, what, what what's appealing to you about Harvey here? I like it just lines up. So it's, it's just a checking the boxes thing, right? New offensive coordinator comes from Fordham. They averaged 50 points per game last year. You lose your top two targets, like two, good targets you lose Blake Watson like you lose everything and the thing that returns is Harvey so originally it's like well that doesn't mean much to me right like who's Harvey he hasn't done much does it matter who the returner is if no one really cares um so I took a deeper dive and because I'm like this this offense they could score they're going to try to score like the only way they're going to do anything is to is to try to throw it around and score even though we don't know who the quarterback is going to be but um so he won their heart of a lion award as the, basically the offensive player who had the best off season. And to me, if you're the top returner and then have the best off season, that's a good thing. He got two touchdowns in the spring game and allegedly caught another that the writers really wanted to talk about to make a point of how good he was. So there's kind of going out of their way to talk about how good Harvey's doing in an offense that I think is just going to funnel him the ball. It's a CFF friendly offense with no CFF assets. So in my mind, I'm like, there's one CFF asset here. And even if they're losing games, that means he might even get more targets. So I guess it's kind of one of my guys, like no one else is drafting him. So I have a lot of him, um, but I'm not going over my way to draft him super high. Cause I acknowledge, yeah, ODU might really suck. We don't know the quarterback, but I, I guess I'm in. Yeah, I, I, re- I mean, if somebody somebody wants to message me and tell me who you, who they think the quarterback's going to be there, I I don't know if the coaching staff knows. I'm shocked that they haven't pulled anybody out of the portal at QB, like at all. Not even some of these lower, you know, lower ranked backup guys that they're kind of still hanging around in there. I mean, it, it Harvey's the only guy on the team that that interests you. Like n- nothing else there is is intriguing at all. I thought about taking a flyer on the quarterback, but at this point, you know, wasting a draft pick when it's a 50-50 shot at best, because it's worse than a 50-50 shot nowadays with the transfer portal, I agree. So I found that a little surprising. They took one of the Fordham kids. I don't his name off the back of my head, but he was the Fordham. He was the backup last year, so he didn't even play at Fordham. So originally it was like, ooh, they got the Fordham guy from the OC. That's an easy circle. But like, I don't know, it sounded like he was getting outperformed by uh, Shields, the other backup in the in the spring. So so no, really nothing whatsoever there. If if we get a clear cut answer or a transfer on the quarterback, I'd, I'd for sure be in on them late round. But right now, too volatile. Okay, well there you go. That is probably the first time we've talked Old Dominion on this podcast this off season. So that is that Sorry. is good. No, it's good. It's good. Uh, we got to talk about all these teams. Uh, BYU wide receiver Cody Apps is actually another guy that I I usually have fairly high in my queues. Um. Just go ahead and talk us through him. I mean, I, I agree with everything you said. I think you wrote a little bit about him on your your wide receiver companion piece. Yeah, so I guess with Epps, like I just don't – sometimes it's like like the ODU Harvey one, you understand what people see. You're like, oh, Dominion's going to suck, whatever. Um, so that I see it. Sometimes I just don't really get like what people don't see in Epps. Like to me, you know, in high school, I get Bryce Young was his quarterback. But when you break records at modern day, you can probably play a little bit of football. Um, and then I've just, it's pretty clear to me watching him play like this kid, this kid's a bonafide asset asset. He's really good after the catch. Um, last year, picked him up from the free off every waiver wire. He averaged 20 fantasy points per game for like a five game stretch before getting hurt. Puka Nakua is gone. He's their bonafide stud. So to me, it's like a clear wide receiver one who has clear talent. Um, 
to me, it's just, it's what not to love. And the only answer is like, of course, the quarterback's concern. Are you really going to start Slovis? Um, Big 12, I guess, is a step up in competition. I mean, they were independent and played a pretty hard schedule. So I don't see it as a huge step First up. First off, how dare you say that, that Big, Big 12 is a step up from where Slovis was last year? How dare you? Or are you just saying BYU as a whole? Just just in general. Okay. Okay. They would, have had to, they would have had to, to have some words there. But. <laughs> no, I I just don't get it with him. I, it's quarterback play, I guess, but like people didn't like him last year when he had good quarterback play. So I, I don't know. And in fairness, uh, he got Jared Wayne to what? Why did he receiver 18 finish or something like that last year? A 21 finish or something at Pitt that Slovis did? Was he like, that high? It, yeah, he, he finished the year way high. I was actually shocked uh, just because he did nothing early. Um, I actually think you're too low on Epps. I was going to to say I, I'm I'm a pretty big fan of him this year. I think that they, I think they'll have to score. And I think he's the clear guy there. I don't, I don't even trust like Aiden Robbins that much. How do you feel about Robbins as like the the back there? I know our team's I think fairly high on him, but I'm not I'm not too excited about him. I try not to be petty like this, but if I'm high on one guy last year, I said the Washington wide receivers, I had them all. I probably won't get a ton of them the next year. You know, I just you got to try to be ahead of the curve, and sometimes you swing and you miss. So like Aiden Robbins was free last year. And I'm like, wait a second, Charles Williams, they like giving him a ton of carries. Uh, Aiden Robbins is getting great reports. He's a P5 transfer. I, I was confused on Robbins. So I had Robbins this year. I mean, like Chris Brooks, he ended up being okay, but he disappointed last year. Robbins is like the same thing, like a big, you know, back, like same size. I, you just see what they're trying to do. But, um, but yeah, I don't. I don't feel strongly about him at all. Like I could see them splitting carries. The guys behind him aren't fantastic, but they're, they're guys who can get a few, a handful of carries like Davis. If he's healed, I think I hurt again in the spring. He's always hurt because he's tiny, but, um, but yeah, so I, I'm not, I'm not huge on Robbins. Definitely like the only BYU guy I'm circling is Epps. Not everyone can be former linebacker walk on Tyler Algier there. Right. I mean, it's just, you know, can't, can't capture that magic uh, yeah. year over year over year. Uh, this former, is a really the, interesting. Oh, go ahead. The former linebackers one. Sorry, the former linebacker one. That's what you got to shoot for. We can't all be him and Abram Smith. You know, like you see what BYU's trying to do. They're trying to do the same thing, but yeah, that's tough. It's tough. I, I wish I, I'm surprised. I, I and I missed this on the way through. You have uh, Texas Tech running back Taj Brooks as your running back, 55. I loved him two years ago, and he's never quite taken that step. And the offense doesn't quite always love the running back. So I've cooled on him a little bit, but I should be back in on him this year, at least tentatively. That's the same thing with me. I was high on him. He was so good in what was it, 21 when he averaged almost seven yards? He was so good. Yeah. Jumped yep. off the screen. And he's a big boy. He's listed at 230. Um, Whoa, is I was, he now? I think yeah, he came in at, at like 210, 215 or something he's, like he's that. He's at 230 oh. on the spring roster. Like barbecue and stuff down there. Huh. Big time. I mean, he, he wasn't eating those carries last year. He wasn't eating those touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no, so I was I was off on Brooks. I'm like, who cares about Brooks? They're going to split carries. Um, and the more I look at it, okay, I don't think he has competition for carries. And, like, the offense, I know they like to divvy it up. I don't – unless I'm missing somebody, I don't see any of those names that stands out to me whatsoever. Um, the Texas Tech offense, like, I'm kind of in. Like, they they caught the hype train. Sometimes you avoid the hype train. But if the hype train is all over the place on tech, except for the one guy who's like really, really flashed for me, like I've seen the most from him. He's a pass catcher. Okay. So he, he took a rushing drop last year. He had split carries because they had another NFL back there. Not a good one, but an NFL back. Um, 
he could not split carries and they could score 35 points per game and they could win nine, 10 games. Like if the hype is real, I don't know if it is, but like they got a pretty good football team and I thought he's the truth before. Why would I not be in on him now that the, the spot is clear? Like I get why people cool. I get he disappointed, but to me, the more I look at it and then the beat writers are like, this kid could have a fantastic year. It's the Taj Brooks show. He's got the PPR floor. I could see the upside. Um, he's creeping back on me. So I kind of raised him up to, I keep raising him. He's RB 55. Maybe I'll raise him. RB. He's just a guy I could see ta- taking late rounds that not a lot of people are going to be in on. All right. I'm back in officially. You have McCray. Dre McCray is your top rated Texas tech wide receiver. Um, you're I, 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 I've gone back and forth. You know, I, I don't, I don't know for sure or not. What, what do you think about McCray? I flip flopped as well. Um, I think overall I'm bullish. Like the ceiling I think is, really high but he like might not even start yeah so you just have to have a really good draft plan if you're he might go pretty high especially in some drafts like industry drafts he's going pretty high um i don't know he's got talent like the kid's a burner and we know it but the coaching staff is saying like we missed that burner like Hitley's specifically saying like we needed that burner he's the burner um and i think the guy can play like he led all of fcs uh wide receivers and broken tackles last year like he's more than just the fast dude run straight you know, so I, I could see them really using him. But the thing that throws me off, that wide receiving room is really deep. And a lot of analysts swung and missed to try to identify the top target. Um, I think he's better than them all. Uh, I like Bradley. Um, but it sounds like they're working out McCray on the outside. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing because they have White and uh, Price, two like, decent targets on the inside. I think he's better than both those guys. Like I feel kind of confident saying that. I don't know if he's a better outside receiver than the, you know, the track stars. They have a bunch of six, four, six, five guys who run a four, four. So the outlook is super murky. He's super all over the place. But when you talk about a home run guy, you could take a swing on like the price isn't crazy. I want to ask you real quick about who you think leads USC in receiving this year. Um, just cause we're talking about some crowded wide receiver rooms. You have Dorian Singer as your top guy from USC at 17. And then you have uh, basically Mario Williams, Taj Washington, and Brendan Rice all beside each other, like down in like the, the, the late eighties, early nineties. So I actually, uh, I actually, I don't want to ask you about Singer cause I think he's, he's the easiest answer of these guys. Is there a case to be made that one of them could just have a monster season and you're getting some pretty good value or do they tend to go early enough anyway that it doesn't really matter? I think they all have so many fans. I mean, I've seen different people, different fans. Like, all three of those guys have fans. Um, I'm not really in on one. I could see Williams having a decent year, but I think either way, like, they're going to do a solid rotation. Like, we know Relique Brown is going to get some snaps in the slot. We know he's going to get receptions. We know uh, Zachariah Branch. They've already said he's going to play. He's going to steal some. So, I don't really sing it. I see it. I guess it, it could be one of the outside guys. I guess that makes Rice an option, but... I can't really see it. The only way, like, I, I, it's just upside in best balls for me. Like, it's hard for me to draft one of those guys because um, they're going decently high. I mean, you could take them. You know they're going to have big games. So I, I see the best ball route of, like, okay, it's the Taj, Taj Washington week. We like the matchup. But in my opinion, I mean, they got so many guys. They're just – just play the matchup. Like, whatever. Whatever's going to beat that specific team, go to it. So, so no, I'm, I'm not super high on either one of those guys. Classic better and best ball uh, group of players there. Uh, Arizona State running back Cameron Scadabo. And now you're talking my language here. RB65, he comes over. He played with Troy Taylor last year at Sacramento State, was really productive as a receiver and a runner. And it sounds like they've liked him this offseason. So, I mean, you you're, you think is Scadabo a guy that you can see starting several weeks this year from a fantasy perspective? I think he will. I think Arizona State in general, um, 
I mean, Dillingham last year at Oregon, like, I don't really think anyone, I'm sure there's a few people out there who are like, yeah, I did. Not really anyone saw that coming. I'm a Ducks fan. I didn't even, wasn't even huge on the hire. And then I'm like, holy crap. So I think Arizona State has the pieces, man. Like, that team is pretty good. Like, their tight end's really good. They got three solid wide receivers. Um, quarterback, they don't really have figured out, but there's some experience. Yeah. There's like three options. They raise the talent level with Rashada behind them. So, you know, the practices are intense. You know, those guys are trying to earn reps. Um, I think the offense could be good, man. It could, it could be like these other packs, 12 teams we're talking about, and it's just the prices are absurdly cheap. And uh, Scott Bo does it all. He's the touchdown guy. Like, first off, I love him. Um, so I'm with you. I don't know. You tell me. So you're the Scott Bo guy as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I I have to kind of, you know, I, this C2C show, you play C2C. I kind of have to look through these guys, at these guys with two different lenses. I, I think the NFL lens, he, he's pretty much done so. He does not look like an amazing athlete, but doesn't really matter. And they, they seem to really like him there. I'm not even concerned about the guys behind him. You know, guys like uh, yeah. God is still there, I believe. He's right? at Washington now. Oh, that's right. He left. Is, who, who else is there? It's like third uh, spring, Tevin, spring. I don't know Tevin why White's left. still there, I believe, is the guy that's... Tevin so, White's there, yeah. I've heard nothing about him. Like, I just heard, I haven't heard anything about any of these guys behind him. Like, I just think... I wish we knew... If you guaranteed me competent quarterback play for the whole season for Arizona State, I would be really excited for this whole team. Kind of, You were kind of hinting at that earlier. And I do think by the end of the year, there's a chance that we get a Rashada start if things aren't amazing at quarterback and they're kind of out of things what i mean overall you are kind of on the same page with that yeah i am as well and like pine I mean, dude, pine is not good but like him and the other guy borget like they've been serviceable yeah. you know like they can make the offense function like bo nix was hardly serviceable until dillingham got his hands on him so i totally see it yeah i, I like the arizona angles but it's a huge if yeah rashad i was kind of hoping like rashad would get a ton of buzz this spring and they could just kind of ride with him and get him some development and he'd be good enough. And, but, and he can open it up, but, but yeah, it could be a little vanilla with pine. I assume would win the job. It sounds like Rashada was a little up and down, you know, some good days, some bad days. He's a true freshman, you know, yeah. um, not to be uh, unexpected there. Uh, Jack Plummer, Louisville is another guy that just goes so late in supplementals. And I, he's got familiarity with the coaching staff there. He was okay at Cal last year, from at least from a fantasy perspective. You got him QB thirty eight. Um, you you pretty high on Plummer for this year, and good receivers too. I mean, they've got competent receiver play there. Yeah, it's a guy, and like no one wants him. Goes low in supplementals. Goes goes low in industry drafts, and I'm yeah familiar with the system. It's a Brom quarterback. It's a Brom quarterback. Volume will be there. He's played with Brom. Last time he played with Brom, he averaged 25 fantasy points a game. Small sample, and I think he ended up getting benched. But, yeah, I, I actually thought he was better than I expected at Cal. Like, I remember watching a game, one of my buddies, he, he was a car, high school quarterback, dude knows quarterbacks. He's like, man, this plumber kid could sling it and saw him live. But, like, he's not, he's not bad at all because I was, like, I didn't think much of Plummer. So, I don't know. More, it's it's positive. Like, volume's going to be there. He's solid. He'll probably start you a few games. Best ball, he'll get you a few good ones with the volume. They just brought in Brady Allen, who, you know, they were – pretty strong rumors there they're familiar with each other brahm's not afraid to bench a guy is there i mean could you see maybe some brady allen this year does that make Plummer a little bit riskier than maybe he was a couple weeks ago before that move happened yeah it does i actually think i will um drop Plummer a few spots because i had him pretty high um i like allen i like allen the way they're talking about it it sounds to me like it's for, for the future thing right it's after spring it sounds like uh, allen's the guy next year um but I like Allen. Yeah, you're right. If uh, we've seen Brom in the past, if his quarterback's not hot, he will switch him. And Allen, the learning curve 
maybe shorter than it was given the familiarity. So, so yeah, that one actually is like a legitimate. Yeah, that's a drop. Yeah, we had Brady Allen, uh, t- top twelve, top fifteen quarterback in last year's class. We we liked him uh, a lot. And for anybody looking for him on fan tracks, I believe he's still on Ole Miss. So yeah, that's where you can. Why? <laughs> for months, we were like, "Does fan tracks just know something that nobody else knows?" Because he entered the portal and then he left, and they still have him on Ole Miss. And then now he's at Louisville. I don't think they. It's because they were getting all the transfer quarterbacks. They're like, "He must be going to Ole Miss." Lane is just creating a freaking basketball team. Yeah, yeah, he's they, the starting center. Yeah, I. Who do you think starts there? Dart? Dude, that's such a mess. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think Dart, and then he'll throw four picks, and then it'll be Sanders, and then he'll get hurt, and then it'll be Dart, and then he'll get hurt, and then it'll be Howard, and then I don't know. I think it'll be that. So moral of the story, we're we're avoiding those two guys for CFF this year. I am. I mean, I think they're going to run the ball a lot. Like what's that wide receiving room looking like? You know, they got some good tight ends, but when you got good tight ends and good running back uh, and three talented, but turnover prone quarterback, I guess we can't call Howard turnover prone, but two turnover prone quarterbacks. Yeah. Well, Howard has that offered awful dancing video with Brian Kelly last year. So that's probably worse than being turnover prone if we're being, totally honest it's, decision uh, making yeah questionable yeah. questionable very very questionable um while we're on Ole Miss they have Ulysses Bentley there still do you think Riscano takes over the second RB role there by the end of the year that's your um I'm pretty I'm pretty high on oh I don't know I've never said this guy's name all loud. how do you say it I think it's Riscano yeah Kedra, Kedra I had him really high. yeah all I know is I liked his tape and I had him like I made a point to make him like artificially high in my incoming ranks so yeah i like him and people are always high on bentley i don't know what his family is paying these analysts but everyone's always really high on bentley i've never really been the biggest so so yeah i, I could see that one happening but at the same time they're off their rushing attacks probably be pretty damn good and bentley might just be good enough to you know be a solid compliment yeah yeah and you've got judkins you had judkins as your, as your running back one right so obviously you know you're 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 walking the walk there with uh mm-hmm. with, with believing in that running back room yeah, although I'll have to say it because now his name came up and it came up earlier today too. I had a dream last night. I'm not making it up. I had a dream I was at Ole Miss's practice. So yeah, I got the insight here. I got the insight. Um, and Judkins was super fat, like Eddie Lacy big. <laughs> I think I think what it must have been is I was I, I must have been I had my phone before you go to bed. Don't do this, folks. It rots your brain. You turn into this. Um, and I saw the Tua, uh, the Tua photos where he's like huge. super thick. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think I was thinking I had this one. So I was going through my ranks and Judkins is the first name. So I think my brain did that. But anyway, I had a dream. He was super fat. And like, I kind of mentioned it, like trying not to be mean. And like, none of the coaches were like, no, he looks great. He's the most athletic he's ever been. I'm like, he's fat and slow. What are we, is he moving to online? Um, so I don't know. I thought I'd say that since his name came up. That is better, significantly better than any dream I've had in months. So if you get any more of those, bro, I'll have you back on the show. We'll just have a segment where you you talk about your your college fantasy dreams, and we'll uh, we'll wonder what they mean. We can we can sort through them. So yeah, it's like, are you going to be the numbers guy, the analytics guy? You're going to be the gut guy. You know, this is like this is where you're staring at too many numbers. You got to you got to hit up the dreams. A couple other quarterbacks here that you have, and I I um I think. Both are intriguing. Sam Jackson, who's at Cal, uh, transferred in. Um, I, I don't know what to make of Cal, which is just why I'm, I'm a little scared of him. But you have him QB 39, so you're not uh, too scared off there, apparently. 
Yeah, I don't love Cal. I think you could see what they're trying to do with Spav at all. They've had good offenses with him in the past. Um, he's familiar with Cal, right? So, um, but Jackson's a freak. I think his ADP just took a jump because some clip was, or some quote was going around. Jade Knott said, uh, Sam Jackson's out here throwing down windmills, dunks, and whatever at five foot 11. But he's a freak athlete. So to me, it's like the poor man's Hornsby. Um, but yeah, Wilcox. Like, I don't know what's going on there, but I think with him and Ott, and I'm, I'm actually, I kind of like Jeremiah Hunter. I think that dude can ball. Um, I ask you that too. So Hunter's your wide receiver of choice there if, you, if you're if you a believer. I am. As a Ducks fan, I remember I had him circled, and, I, you know, they'll always bring on. I'm, I'm a big beat writer guy. Like, they know their team's better than me. I remember they brought one on to preview the Ducks game, and this was Hunter. He was a sophomore. He wasn't doing a whole lot. He was a rotational wide receiver. And they're like, that's the guy. Like, why aren't you getting Hunter on the field more? I'm like, I've never heard this name, Hunter. Like, he's not on my radar. And both agreed, like, if he gets his head on the, you know, his shoulders on straight, like, that dude, that dude's a player. So I looked him up. I'm like, yeah, that dude's a player. I really like him. And then last year, he got his, his head on straight. And now Sturdivant transferred out to UCLA. And he was pretty much neck and neck in Sturdivant. And Sturdivant's been nothing but, you know, getting rave reviews uh, since he went over to UCLA. So I think Hunter's just kind of the clear wide receiver one. Like, the first, you know, spring games, whatever. But, like, the first pass of the spring game they made a point to go like 30 yards to him down the sideline so i, I think it's okay like i, I kind of like jackson i kind of like Ott. i kind of like connor i think it's just like the pretty clear cut the top three for me so my maven anderson dream is dead finally no i think on hope he could be decent this year i think he's probably their wide receiver too okay okay i i liked him a little bit because he was kind of a yak guy and quarterback play was iffy and quarterback plays iffy. i tend to gravitate toward that guy but uh sturdivant really Really proved me wrong there over the past couple of years. So, you know, win some, lose some. Um, Justin Lampson going to Stanford is another guy. I think our group is pretty high on him and, and, and really, really like that move. It's very recent uh, transfer there from Syracuse. Um, I, I'm, I'm, they don't have the pieces there yet, but I, I love the coaching hire there at Stanford. I think they're, Maybe not this year, but they, they've got some pieces there. They have a freshman wide receiver that I love that I, I think could get some time this year. But Lampson, I think, can can run that show better than anybody they at least had on the roster uh, coming out of spring. Yeah, not to go on your show and call out CBS, <laughs> um, but I think they just came out with their coaches' rankings. I remember. I think they had Troy Taylor dead last. I, I think they did, or at least a handful of them did. <laughs> um, yeah, no, like Sacramento State. The offenses were good, man. I, I like they need a rebuild. I think it's for next year. Like this year, it, I agree. Pieces probably aren't there, but next year, pieces could be there. Like this year, it's probably the EJ Smith show, right? Because he like Taylor's taken over the offense. He tailors his offense. Like they've been kind of different. They've always pretty had good uh, passing attacks. Always had good rushing games. It's always been balanced, but it's kind of been you know hit or miss. Whatever's stronger, they'll lean more into. But um, Lampson has three years of eligibility. It seems to me like he's kind of handpicked. Like he was the guy coming out of NorCal. Uh, in his class, and that's the one Taylor. They got like Ari Patu there, but man, Ari Patu has has not shown anything. Like I know he's a decent recruit, and he's from Folsom, so he has the connection um, there. But then I also looked into Lampson, so it's like they both have connection to Lampson. Who's going to be the guy of the future? They're both young. They both had talent. Um, but Lampson was. They said that he was originally like I think his first offer out of high school is from Sacramento State. So I think it, to me this is a sign Taylor circling this guy. Um, Lampson shown out two times in the spring game. I, I think he's a guy that could really rise up uh, in the next couple of years. Yeah, definitely a guy that maybe even you're taking him this year and, and and he's a spot starter if you absolutely need somebody. But yeah, looking maybe more toward 
uh, of that 2024 season. And they run a lot of plays, which I mean, I think is, is great. You know, it certainly doesn't, doesn't hurt there um, with, with offensive options. Um, those are all great names. Is there an offense this year? Is it Arizona state or just an offense that you think is, is overall too cheap that um, maybe we should be paying a little more attention to and, and maybe kind of sneakily acquiring uh, some of the pieces in case a blow up does happen this year. I actually don't think I have a great answer for you because I wish I did. Cause last year I feel like I had a few, um, right. There's like Washington state and that was kind of a, that was kind of a miss, but everyone was kind of in Washington state a little bit. Texas, t- Texas tech was overhyped. I was in on them. Um, and then I just hit on one, I hit on Washington. You get a couple of wide receivers on every draft and that's enough. So I really wish I had a better answer, but this year in drafts, I've been kind of looking for it and it's been really hard um, for me to, for me to see like we already mentioned like texas state everyone's in on um right like they've done a pretty good job identifying i think that they i mean industry as a whole has done a really good job of kind of jumping uh jumping in on it so i don't have a fantastic answer i wish i did i guess for this year the way i'm i'm doing it's more like it's probably basic i'm the west coast guy i I just target like the pac-12 like when in doubt they don't play defense and i see a lot of offense and i see the coaching changes moving even more towards offense so when in doubt i've just been doing that and it's probably like cliche though of course he's drafting the stanford quarterback nobody wants but (laughs) that's the way i'm looking at it is there any hope i guess an offense that i'm intrigued by but i just don't have the time to try to figure them out is nc state with an eye coming in and Brennan Armstrong and you have Armstrong as your QB 26, but you don't have any, the, the, the only NC state wide receiver you have ranked is Porter Rooks at 143. Is that just a case of, we just don't know who's going to be that guy yet. And so it's just so hard to try to figure it out. I mean, I think slimy shark transferring out maybe opens up the backfield a little bit too. Like I, this offense is starting to take its shape a little bit. I, I I'm interested, but not so interested that I'm trying to buy like six of them or anything. Is slimy shark his nickname? Sumo? Demi Sumo. Yeah. Slimy Shark. Isn't that it? Slippy Shark? Slime. I think it's Slimy. Yeah. I, I didn't know that one. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Um, no, NC State, I can't figure out for the life of me. That could be one where they're like super undervalued. I agree. Because so I took a hard look at some of their wide receivers. I did last year because I'm a Leary fan. Are you? Are you I, I am too. Here? I think he bounces back this year at Kentucky. Yeah. I think so too. And he's free. He's going undrafted in like 30 round drafts in CFF. But Great receivers too. Well, depends who you ask. That was going around the other day. I saw you respond to that, and I was glad you did. Like, it's so clear they have a good top three at Kentucky, if nothing else. They clearly have a good top three. And now they have a good quarterback. And now they have their OC, who made Will Levis, basically. Did he end up being a first-round pick? A second-round pick. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I agree. NC State. I can't figure out NC State. I've took a better look. Like Porter Rooks has always been a guy I've kind of liked, but that was like two years ago and he hasn't really done anything since. So I was just like, okay, he's my favorite for now. I know like Anthony Smith is really fast, but I can't figure it out, man. And then every time I checked the spring reports, there's like a different name popping. There's like, I have like six, seven names I've written down, but none of them are interesting. So it's been a total mess, but that could be one. Like if, if there's strong word or if there, if, if like you take a deeper look and you really like an NC State guy, like they're going to have one or two receivers that are probably CFFs starters are close to it this year right so because it's the ni system and like yeah I, I agree the running game probably won't be there i mean we'll see with uh what's his name michael allen we'll see but at this point there's no strong indication uh the running game and it seems like the passing game should be pretty good so there, there'll be volume there for someone and, and armstrong kind of is one of those quarterbacks i know last year was, was a mess but like if armstrong has a guy like if that offense is going to work like he's he's going to hit his guy over and over again so but yeah 
Yeah, I, I, I the problem is Rooks is drafted or owned a lot of places just because people like them as a freshman, and you know it's one of those I don't want to cut a mid four star guy, but that probably should have happened a few years ago. But yeah, yeah. So I, I, I just wanted to run that past you. I'm, I'm mildly intrigued, but I, I don't know enough about some of these deep depth charts to, uh, to get too, 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 too far into it. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, thank you for coming on here, talking some some CFF here with us. Um, again, guys, you can find JD at Yonkers CFB on Twitter. You can find all of his rankings over at Debbie Watch. You do a really cool t- uh, like conference preview series, kind of team by team. When when can we expect uh, those to start dropping over there? Yeah, those are my baby. That's my big off season work. So those will start soon. Um, my day job, I, I teach. So we're on finals week next week. So basically the calendar is end of finals week and then start that project. So we'll wrap up tight end rankings next week. Um, should be out, might be out the end of this week. It's almost done. Uh, and then we'll get straight into those. And those take a while. Those always come out about over a month and a half, two months. So, so yeah, really looking forward to those. Thanks for awesome. giving those a shout out. Yeah. And you, I, I like, I love your writing style. Like I just really enjoy reading all of your work. So yeah, I definitely recommend everybody uh, go, go and check all that out. JD. Yeah. Thanks again for, for hopping on here. Uh, we'll definitely have to uh, to chat again here uh, sometime this year. And uh, are you going to the expo this year? I'm actually not this year. I've had to pull the plug. I meant the pesky unfortunate newborn age. again. It's the pesky newborns. And these people keep getting married uh, in my life. I'm at the age, all my college friends. Yeah. Um, they're all getting married. So I have five weddings this year. Um, I have my first one at my first bachelor party last weekend and my first, I'm complaining. Like, this is a fun life. I enjoy it, but with the newborns. So it's a lot like basically my, my life is scheduled around trying to figure out how, uh, how my newborns are getting watched while we're at a wedding. So, well, um, that, so yeah. the reason you're here is because Colin just got married and would you oh. believe this? I wasn't in the wedding. Can you believe that he <laughs> didn't trust me enough? to have me up front there with him i was offended i almost objected just out of principle because it That's was pretty just rude. egregious yeah yeah you might not you might not welcome him back <laughs> That's you it's might have irreconcilable to i think almost yeah. yeah yeah cool all right well jd thanks again for for coming on here um yeah everybody go check him out uh, over at debbie watch thanks man yeah thanks for having me